Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 325. And alongside me virtually from across the country is my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. How you doing, buddy? Ralph Burns, living the dream. How are you? Oh, just living it every single day. Living it because virtually we know each other. But in a matter of days, we're actually going to meet for the first time. I'm actually pretty excited about that. Yeah, we've never connected personally. No, we have not. We Worlds will collide. Worlds will collide, yeah. And I guess our guest... Where, where is that happening, Ralph? Well, you know, it might be a little bit late by the time this comes out, but you probably can still buy the recordings of the place that me and Kasim and our amazing guest, which we'll introduce in just a second, will be actually speaking at, which is... Nothing less than Traffic and Conversion Summit. You ever heard of that uh, show? It's a thing digital marketer used to do. Now it's like even bigger and it's like tens of thousands of people, best content on the internet as far as digital marketing goes. You heard of that thing? It's like the largest marketing conference in North America, I believe. Pretty sure, yeah. So if it's before the 13th of September, then... Make sure you get there to San Diego. But if you're listening to this after, you can still buy the recordings and you can hear our guest here today, as well as myself, as well as Kasim, who's going to be an MC at the show, which is going to be amazing. Me, I'm, you know, humble brag here. I am going to be, you know, doing the warm up act for Martha Stewart, which I was pretty excited about. I think my wife, my sister in law, my mother are more excited probably than I am, but that's all right. But yeah, that's pretty cool. And you're going to be doing a bunch there as well, and as is our guest. But if people wanted to get the recordings for this, where would they go? I imagine they'd go to trafficandconversionsummit.com. <laughs> we'll include that in the show. <laughs> put you on the spot. That's perfect. Well, today we're going to be talking agency stuff and software. And this guy has created an amazing business in less than three years. And if you are an agency, and chances are you probably are, because maybe about half of our listenership here at Professional Traffic is an agency or a consultant. This is something that you're going to have to stand up and pay attention to and rewind and go back and listen to a couple of times. We've got Sean Clark here from High Level. We'll be doing an intro in just a second. And we're going to be talking how agencies can use what he's doing, as well as a lot of the different softwares that are out there to make agencies operate much better, more efficiently. And we'll get to that in just a second before this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddies Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com 
forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back. Well, we haven't even introduced the guy yet. He's just standing in the wings. He's just waiting. He's just like he's like a prize fighter. Chomping he's just, you know, ready to go here. Why don't you give us an introduction as to who Sean is and what High Level is all about, Kasim, and let's get right into the content. Yeah, so Sean and I are buddies now. He doesn't know that, but I've decided. And Sean is the co-founder of High Level, which has to be, I don't know this for a fact, but it has to be the fastest growing CRM on the planet. Because I've seen the trajectory of this damn thing, and it's unfrickin' believable. When we started as users, and I am a user, by the way, full disclosure. When we started as users, it felt like it was sort of like this obscure, best-kept secret in the marketing world. And now you can't throw a rock without hitting an agency that uses high level. And what's cool about Sean is he's a software engineer before he's an entrepreneur, which means he actually does the work. There's some integrity to the things that he says because he can pull off all the crap that he talks. And he's a successful SaaS owner. This is your second SaaS, isn't it, Sean? It is. Yep. Yeah. So, Sean, thank you for being here. Grateful to you. Good to be here. I'm excited. Yeah. And we're going to learn a lot because you have 11,000 agency customers. That's right. 11,360, I think, as of today and growing. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, y'all, just so you know, to put that in context, high level only sells to agencies and the agencies are the first tier but they're not the end users. So how many users do you have, Sean? Do you know? Yeah. So, I mean, we have 11,000 agencies, 280,000 small businesses, and I don't know, probably a million users. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's, you know, and, and what's kind of cool about high level is because it is only sold to agencies, there's a level of proficiency attached to high level usage that I don't know other CRMs can, can tout. Is that fairly stated? I mean, I'd just say, you know, we focus on agencies because we know agencies are incredibly important and really the key to small business success. So we've built the entire app around them. So I think our CRM, if anything else, caters to agencies and their customers. So right now today, I'm not an agency, let's say, and yep. I come to you and I try to sign up for high level. What do you do? What happens? So we say, you know what? We, we really would like you to consider going out and finding an agency partner. Here are people that you can call who I think would help you a great deal. And the reason why is super simple. It doesn't matter how great the tools are, but without someone who can help you really take this technology and put it into your business in the way you need it, you're just honestly not gonna be that successful. You're gonna be like every other product out there on the market, you're gonna buy something that looks flashy and exciting, but you're not gonna know how to use it. Your business isn't gonna grow. So go get an agency and come back. So you won't take them period at all. Yeah, if we figure out that you're a small business, you know, in the customer success prop or process or the sign up process, all that stuff will we'll exit you. Yeah. Okay. But for our listeners, half of our listeners are agencies. So this will be ultra, ultra applicable for the ones that aren't agencies. I still think you're going to get a lot out of this because Sean's going to talk to us about what he has seen make people successful through digital marketing. And so it will give you the ability to use that for yourself. And then also maybe police your agency would be my hope. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's actually half the goal of the platform was to give visibility to agencies and their customers. And honestly, the way we got here was simple. Everybody we've worked with initially was an agency. They're generating leads for their customers. They're working their tails off. They're doing a great job. They're putting, they're giving a spreadsheet full of leads to their clients at the end of the month. And then the customer look at them and say, yeah, but I don't get it. This is just a spreadsheet. Like none of these people gave me any money. You're fired. The agency's like, whoa, wait, hold on. What just happened? Right. And the reality was when we looked into that, there's a problem here. There's this thing in the middle called the nurture process that no one wants to do. And yet is critical to taking a lead and turning it to a customer. So the first thing we did is we came in, we automated that process, but then we also created visibility, which allowed the agency to say, hey, look, do you see that person chatting in and saying like, I wanna give you my money, here's my credit card number. And do you see how like you did nothing, you didn't reply to them at all? See, that's why you're not converting these people, you need to do that. And so that was really sort of step one in, in the world of high level three and a half years ago. You're hitting on a sore topic here, Sean, just so you know, because okay. what, what you've done is you found the chasm between Ralph and I. Ralph has an agency, phenomenal agency, and yep. they do conversion architecture, a lot of post-click stuff. So Ralph goes in there for clients and builds all this crap out. Sure. I, I know it's important, but I have chosen as an agency to just say, hey, you're on your own. I'm going to sure. drive a lead, and if it converts, great, and if it doesn't, God bless you. So <laughs> uh, Ralph, I'd a, be interested in if you want to put the gloves on and come at me, that's fine, but it's interesting that is something that you would assume is 
on the agency? Because I almost want to fight you on that a little bit. Oh, I don't think it's, it doesn't have to be on the agency, but I do think that the visit, so, so a couple of things. So first of all, automation is step one. So today with high level, be, be it through AI and machine learning, what we generally do, so again, quick background. So we work with agencies. Most of our agencies are not working for Ford Motor Company. They're working with local business. And if you look at most local business, the lead to customer process almost always transits through an appointment, right? So either you're coming to see me, I'm coming to see you, or we're meeting in the middle. But one way or another, there's a calendar booking. And so in, in our platform, we've created full calendaring and booking, like you know, Calendly or Schedule Ones kind of thing. And then we automate the conversation. So it's like, Hey, Bob, thanks for registering for our free teeth whitening offer. Is, you know, is now a good time to get you booked? And then, you know, this often happens over text messaging. And Bob, because Bob just registered, he's like, yeah, that'd be great. Or sure, that'd be awesome or whatever. And then we know that's positive. And then we can say, okay, awesome. Well, when would you like to come in? Oh, Thursday. And we're looking at the calendar and the, and the AI is sort of chatting back and forth. And in about half of the cases, we're able to automate that whole booking flow, right? And look, I don't care what you want to do or not want to do at the end of the day, the business owner, your customer wants a booked appointment. That is absolutely critical from their perspective to their success. But I think that whether you take it on as an agency or you don't, just giving them the platform in which to do it and which to see it is incredibly important. And really, honestly, when we first got into the game, especially did not exist. And Ralph, do you do this for your customers or do you give them the platform and then let them fill in the blanks? I mean, I think it depends. I mean, I, I think the model here is really interesting because it, I mean, you're, you're speaking to more local business profiles, which is a lot of listeners of this show here, a lot of agencies that deal in that kind of appointment regulated world and having come from that world previously and sort of not doing it as much, realizing that that's where the incredible drop-off is. And there's always this example that we use, you know, through a bookkeeping company that I used to do work for very early on in my agency career is that we produced thousands and thousands of leads and there. They fired us after three months because they said we weren't doing yeah. anything. So that's sort of the story. Yeah. And I realized, well, the sales guy that I thought was actually calling up and these are name, email and phone number, Sean, like it doesn't sure. get much easier than that. Especially if you have four or 5,000 of these, you should probably be able to close at least one and maybe pay for my agency fee at that point, which was, I don't know, like 1500 bucks a month or something ridiculous. There's a classic 1500 plus ad spend retainer situation. 100%. So, I mean, I see the need, like where, if, like, tell me this, like if somebody, let's, like, let's take high level out of it. Like what can you do yeah. as either an agency owner or just a small business just in general before you set any automation up? And obviously you guys have an automated solution here, especially for agencies that works extremely well. But like as a business owner, let's talk to that crowd too. Like. Would you expect well, I mean, them to be able to understand that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So take the tech out of it. So my first business out of college was was super cool and super exciting. It got me a lot of dates with girls. I started an answering service. But what was awesome about this answering service is we scaled it from zero to 5,000 small business customers. And here is what happened every single gosh darn time. Businesses would come to us kicking and screaming. They hated the fact that they had to sign up with us. And they, but they did it because their customers were complaining they weren't picking up the phone. And then the first week after they signed up, they would near darn send us flowers every time because the amount of money that would pour into their business was insane because they were just simply missing calls. And what this is, is this is simple idea that I don't care what business you run. I don't care how, I don't care if you went to medical school, you never graduated high school. It doesn't matter to me. When a consumer raises their hand and says, I'm interested, the clock is ticking. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you better get back to that person. You have five minutes or less or you lose. And I think five minutes or less is tagged off a Harvard business study that was done 10 years yep. ago. My best two minutes or less now, but let's just call it five minutes or less and you lose. And so you better follow up. And if you don't, you're going to get put out of business by anybody who follows up faster than you. Now, the yeah. counter so the, to the that name of the argument, game here is follow up. But follow up mm -hmm. is key. So let me just tell you the story. Last year, we have a house in Maine and Maine, like the state of Maine, it's not exactly sophisticated from a tech standpoint. The local businesses up there, everyone drives a pickup truck that's about 10 years old. The point is, we needed a tree guy to come and cut down about seven or eight trees before the winter time, before it sure. like destroyed our house. I think they prefer arborist. Arborist. We, you know, what we yeah. actually found was tree like guy. tree guy was the Google search that we actually found. So especially in the outskirts of Maine. Absolutely. So here in Oregon too, in the outskirts of Oregon, they're tree guys. We, yeah. We called 10 tree guys. I think maybe one of them was an arborist. I didn't even care. We just cutting the damn thing down. It's not like, you know, we're doing this trimming. 
one out of 10, one out of 10 called us back just because they had installed. You could tell she was either a mom doing it part-time. She was obviously on her cell phone. I could hear kids in the background, but they called me back. It's like, if you're a small business, like that unto itself, like investing, I don't know how much they pay her per month. Let's say it's a thousand dollars, $1,500, whatever, just to call people back to come in from, you know, like me who needs something very quickly, like they won the business and they immediately came out to the house. I paid them. I didn't bid it out. I didn't go free bids. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, this is the, this is the untold story of how this all works. Like everyone loves to run around and talk about how sophisticated they are, but we're just human and we're Pavlovian in, in nature, right? So we're going to, we're going to give money to people who respond to us quickly and pay attention to us the most. It's just that simple because we don't really inherently have any distinct ability, even in the tree guy industry to determine who the better vendor is. We simply have to go, we have a need, we're trying to solve that need. And then we're gonna respond to people who respond to us. It's just that simple and easy. In fact, I would I would advise that business in Maine though, um, instead of hiring, it's great to have a full a person answering the phone, but had they just simply put missed call text back in place, that they could have crushed okay. it. Because exactly what you described is exactly what every consumer does. They start with vendor one and they go to vendor two, vendor three, vendor four, and they're gonna respond the person that calls them back or, or instigates communication with them the fastest. And so if you have something simple like missed call text back in place, that first person who's called you, you know, you called and they missed you, had they text you back and said something like, oh, hey, sorry, we're on the other line. How can we help? Do you need to book an estimate? Da, 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 da. You'd be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. First of all, I really prefer not to have to be on my phone right now because that is a big time waster for me. And two, yes, absolutely, I need this. And that would have most likely save that very first person from having you call the second person. Missed call Yo, that text. was a value bomb that Sean just yeah. dropped. Yeah. Missed call text back. Probably easy to implement. Again, software aside, you can do it with Twilio or, or any other SMS solution. If you have an agency that's using high level, go use high level. Yep. That costs nothing. Yeah, nothing. There's yeah. zero cost attached to that. And if you're driving any amount of leads, you should have missed call text back. I'm making a note to do that for us and our clients. That's brilliant. That's One other thing that I want to drop is a call answering service, y'all. We use... Ruby, and I'm not an affiliate or anything, but they're amazing. I yeah, think Ruby they're actually great, actually. I, and I Portland? Well, I mean, I just for the record, that answering service I started is still in existence and it's still one of the largest today, in fact, larger than Ruby. And I actually saw Ruby start outside my condo door when I was a young 20-year-old guy. And But I know Jill Nelson, I think she's long since exited, but she credited a bang-up organization there for sure. I think people should definitely check them out. They're, they're the most they, they pay a living wage. They don't yeah, make they're the most expensive out there, but they also happen to be the best. Imagine mm -hmm. that. Well, you know what expensive means? $300 a month. Yeah. So oh, 300 right, bucks a month. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get like a super happy, super friendly, very competent person on the phone and they'll do a hot transfer. So they actually answer the phone for my agency and then say, oh yeah, absolutely. Let me connect you. And they try to call the, I have three salespeople on staff. So they call the first, the second, the third, and they can't get a hold of somebody. They'll actually schedule for you. So again, I'm not I'm not pimping out Ruby per se, but, but have a call answering service. Having having somebody pick up the phone, always be present, and that is the point. I don't care how what you sell, it is really about response time. Period. So simple. It's like just the dumbest. It's the dumbest reason to lose the gig. You know, you're spending thousands on paid advertising, thousands on your agency, and you didn't get the job because you didn't answer your phone or you didn't text them back. Like it's no. absurd. But as an agency, of course. You know, speaking to the small business owner, that's the, that's the message you should you can send. But as an agency, it becomes a do or die situation because, as Ralph just alluded to, that's why he got fired after generating you know a ginormous number of leads. And unfortunately, the business owner number says, "You know what? You're right. I just did a crappy job following up." They're never going to blame themselves. They're going to blame you. They're going to be like, "No, those leads suck. Your leads no. are terrible. You're just a bad." The guy. counter to that is that coming from a sales background, I actually would go in and physically visit these guys like every two weeks and talk to their sales guy and kind of go through it and exactly what he would do in his callback script and everything else. He just wasn't working. That was the that was oh, the I issue. Know. Oh, I know. So there was our gap. This is why. Yeah. yeah. So it's right. This is why. And you know what? You're. It's ironic because you're saying you're talking to a sales guy. Mm -hmm. Most small businesses don't have a sales guy. Right? Yeah, this was a sophisticated the, operation by comparison to what we're kind of talking about with tree guys. That's right. right. That's right. And this is where I think automation plays such a key role because the nice thing is that the bar is actually generally speaking pretty low, right? So let's just take like a roofer. How many roofs do you have to sell for a roofer to get your agency fee paid for? Not that many, right? One probably. Yeah. And so if you can, even if they, even if the automation does, let's say 50% versus, you know, if you had a sales guy who was really cracking on it, you could do 85% doesn't actually matter. You need to just get to an ROI positive experience and prove that that was you who did that for your customer. You can do that. And I think you can crush it 
as an agency. So going back to the whole nurture thing being so important, you know, yes, it is. But as an agency, you don't want to take it on. Your customer's not going to take it on. You've got to put automation in the middle to fix that problem. Now, the counter to the, all this argument is I eventually did talk with another tree guy. He actually called me back. I ended up hiring the tree guys, just FYI. So number one in the Google search in the uh, Sanford, Maine area. But anyway, I did talk with another guy who recommended me to his friend, which was amazing. I was like, thanks for calling. Like, thank you so much for calling me back. I was so appreciative. He's like, I just really don't need any more business right now. And if I did, I really don't want to hire another truck. And like, he went into like the whole thing and I kind of mm -hmm. put my agency hat on like, why don't you want to scale? Like there's so much business here, but this guy was just like, you know, I got one truck, I got a guy, that's it. I mean, I have my ad or I have my Google ad or whatever it happens to be, or my Google places and I'm pretty good. So my yeah. guess is that's probably not your target market, but even those guys probably need yeah, some kind of follow-up. Well, and, and you know, again, at the end of the day, it's a competitive market, mm -hmm. right? And so you, I don't know that you have to want to become the largest gargantuan business on the planet. And in fact, I think it's quite impossible to do that. I think that substantively, Google drives 98% of all local search. And over time, they're going to they're gonna surface quality, not, you know, not just some random dude with one truck who doesn't care. They're going to really, and we should talk about Google business messaging here in a bit, but, you know, they're continuing to drive hard on this idea of being the connector between the searcher and the business and being the conduit through which that goes. And as they take more and more ownership of that, it's a, it's a nice idea, I suppose, that, you know, there are people out there can just kind of casually run a business. But I think as time goes on, competition goes up and the people who are going to come to play are going to do better. And those people are going to respond faster. They're going to be on it. And they're going to beat out that guy with the one truck. I hate to break it to him. Even if that's how he wants it to be, that doesn't mean that's how it's going to go. Yeah, business is a growth trajectory. If you're not growing, it's really hard to maintain stasis. You're probably yeah. on the decline. And yeah. I realize that that's maybe an unfair statement. There are exceptions to the rule. But I always get scared, man. If we're not on the uptrend, I assume that we're about to experience the downtrend. Yeah, yeah. And again, we're talking about in this specific example, we're talking about a small rural market. So right. it's probably true that small rural markets will be, you know, you know, the last to come around, but they're also the least competitive. They have the least amount of revenue to be generated. They have the least population. They just represent a small sample size, right? So, you know, it could be that forever in small rural places, you can get by by sort of just sort of happy-go-lucky, well, hope it all works out kind of bad. I'm just saying, I don't general. want to discount that mindset because like when I was first starting oh, yeah. this thing seven or eight years ago, I joined my local BNI. Business Networking International. It was all, you know, sure. it was electricians, it was plumbers, it was contractors, it was all yeah. these guys. Yeah. And out of all those guys from that original sort of class, which was like seven or yep. eight years, probably about seven years ago now, really only two of them, really their businesses took off. And one is an electrician. He went from a guy in a truck, but he was super ambitious. And he had a lot of the things that you're talking about. And now he's got two other commercial either real estate or, or contracting businesses and his whole business is completely blown up. He's got, you know, this huge lot where he's got like 20 trucks and he did it basically by follow-up because he was the guy who returned That's phone awesome. calls, but he was yeah. ambitious and he wasn't just, you know, the plumber that we use here in Sagamore beach, which isn't like, you know, the rural area of Maine, like all he wants is like to be in a guy in a truck. And he's just, he'll take his referrals and get like his occasional Google thing. And he never calls us back and, you know, kind of shows up when he wants to, that kind of thing. Probably also doesn't hire agents. No, right? he would not. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, totally. Yeah. We're, that's true. I mean, I don't, it's, we don't really work with people who are, you know, in that mindset. And that makes so, yeah. sense as to why you wouldn't want to work with businesses like individual businesses, because I mean, I think it's a mindset shift. If somebody is hiring an agency, that's an indicator I want to grow my business and I want to put money on the table and actually invest in it. Therefore, a service like what we're talking about here, you know, for high level, but even at the very least, some kind of follow-up is going to have to be a part of the entire strategy. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's make that a little tangible if you don't mind. So we've got listeners here that don't have a follow-up sequence in place and are maybe a little intimidated by it. Sean, you've got 11,000 agency customers. You've seen all the follow-up sequences, good, bad, or ugly. Mm -hmm. Map out briefly a good follow-up sequence that somebody can use to fill in the blanks. What does it look like? Yeah, I mean, here's the problem. Like, I'd love to, I'd love to get all high and mighty that this stuff is hard and sophisticated, but it's just not. Um, right. You know, I mean, you know, it probably makes me sound less less sophisticated and all, but 
you know, at the end of the day, I would say it's really simple. You know, if a consumer, when a consumer reaches out, it's just about reaching back out quickly. And it's about getting them to take the next step, which is almost always an appointment. So it's literally just, thanks for contacting us in order to get you the thing you want in order to get you to success. We need you to do X. And it's generally, we need you to book an appointment, click here. Right. And it's literally just about trying to get them to take that action and then being prepared for them to either half the time, take that action, which is great. Congratulations. You just got a, a book appointment, in which case now you should be able to know what you're doing and go out and operate. And then the other cases, they're going to ask a question and you just need to, and generally that question is very generically answered. And it's a question you've heard a hundred thousand times and you just answer it and then regurgitate. You just say, oh yeah, we do have, they do come in blue or we do have an extra large. Now can we get you booked? And then you get them booked and that's it. It's really that simple. If most businesses did that, they would just grow like a weed. You have no idea. Well, and how many points of communication do you need over what span of time? And I realize that it's case dependent. It varies. So I would say, if you look at the data, the data really says two things. One, five minutes or less for the first contact point. And then from there, if you do not convert, you stay on with, you stay on that person for as long as it takes, right? Yeah, but again, buy, die, or unsubscribe. Exactly, right? But if you look at the reality on the ground, the bar is so low today that, you know, I think that if you did it once, you'd be, the amount of business you would get would blow through the roof. But I think also, but I think realistically speaking, two or three times for a local business crushes it. Because if yeah, that person has reached out and said, I'm interested in getting my water heater replaced, and you've hit them up three times over two days, and they haven't bothered to do anything about it, well, gosh, I guess apparently they're good. Infusionsoft has a statistic that they push to their partners a lot. They said that 80% of all conversions have to happen after the seventh touch point. Oh, I think that's true as like a common heuristic. But that varies across industries and all those other things. And again, absolutely. I think 20 touch points is better than three. But right. I'm just, I think if you're just getting started, like just do that basic little like first piece. Like I don't want to scare people into thinking because a lot of people, the other thing I get a lot is people be like, yeah, but what I say in those, you know, seven touch points, and mm -hmm. I'm like, actually, you say the same thing, same damn thing yeah. over and over and over again. You don't even actually have to change the verbiage, but you probably should. But just, just say, hey, is now a good time to the subject line. Well, yeah. What, you know, and the other thing these days with local business, it's almost all about text messaging. So it's, there's no real subject lines in a lot of it. But yes, there's email marketing. Absolutely. But in general, it's just, hey, are you ready to book? Now a good time to book. How about booking now? Got any questions? If not, let's book, right? It's like you're just repeating the same thing over and over and over again, trying to get a response out of that person. Because invariably, it's either they're going to book or they're going to ask a question. There are no two other ways to go. And so that's what you need to get out of. And if you just consistently do that a couple of times, most people are gonna book. If you weren't using high level, what would you use? Let's say you're a small business and you're not working through an agency and you can't afford one. What's the simplest, easiest, cheapest tool out there for a follow-up system? Mm, well, it is high level, but- um, <laughs> You're not I mean, allowed even on to the say cheapest, high level. I know, oh, sorry. Well, high level is just a word. You know? So, but you know, I would just, well, I would just start with my cell phone, right? Like I just start with my cell phone. That's the cheapest, easiest tool. Yeah. Just start texting. Well, people are automatically. calling in, they're not calling in on their house phone unless they're, you know, right. like, you have a really old, does anybody have a house phone? Do either of you have a landline? I do. Ralph, you do not. Yeah. But it's like oh, my wife me. wants to keep it because my in-laws forget our cell numbers. I don't know. It's a long story, but anyway, I that, shouldn't have a home number at all. I agree. We're to edit this out. Hector, please edit. It's such a minimus issue that you just, if you just ignored it. And again, you know, a lot of life is the 80%, right? You don't have to get the hundred percent, right. right? If you get the 80% right, you'll do great. It's a good example of that. Don't I don't think it's steal that from you. A lot of life is the 80%. What if I love that? I, mean, I, mean, I think it's I'm safe to say if somebody's calling in from a Google ad, they're probably calling in on their cell phone 80% of the time. Not, so not, don't worry about it. Got it. You missed the 20%. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, you know? I, this isn't the airline business. Okay. You don't say you can't, you know, in airlines, you can't say, well, 80% of the time we land safely. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But in marketing, it's fine. Yeah. You, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So no, it totally exactly. makes sense. So at the very least, you're a guy running, you're an electrician, you're an ambitious electrician who wants to grow his business. We're not a guy in a truck who just wants to stay still. And probably actually not grow, but actually fall back because, you know, the stock market's appreciating eight, nine percent every single year. So you're actually behind the market. But anyway, neither here nor there. Point is, is I get a call from an outside caller. Pretty sure they're probably calling for my service. Like, hey, I missed your call. How can I help you? I'm on the other line. Are you interested in having us come out and take a look at whatever? Like just something simple like yeah. that you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
And, you know, and although, you know, again, I mean, no offense to the listeners out there who disagree, but, you know, the big thing is if you're a small business, I've just hired our agency because, you know, I do think there is this weird idea that somehow marketing is like a side gig. But, you know, just think about it. You know, the next time you sit down in the dentist chair, before the dentist starts drilling your teeth, if they start saying like, you know, I've been reading a lot about Google PPC and blogging and content marketing and funnel creation and lead follow-up, and they start turning that drill on, are, how comfortable are you really going to feel about their skill set and how much practice they've got drilling teeth, which is really something you want them to be good at versus all of this marketing stuff? Usually it's, my dentist, it, it is, is, I'm in the chair and he's like already on the upsell. He's like... All right. Well, you know, we've got this wash we could put in the back that, you know, reverses. Like he's upselling. This guy is a killer. He's, he's staying on the message, yep. right? And, you know, you want him to say like, hey, I just got back from like the how to drill teeth better conference or whatever, right? Like that's where you want their mind and their focus and their energy. Right. You're never going to be the greatest anything if you think that you can also be the greatest marketer. Sorry. It's a vocation. It's no different than anything else. It's, you know, Michael Jordan is arguably one of the best basketball players, if not the best of all time. But he was a crappy baseball player. And I think the whole Couldn't point the here is that his focus, well, there you go. His focus on basketball was what made him great. As long, you know, obviously he had a natural athletic sure. talent, but his, you just can't switch it up. It's just not that easy. Sorry. Deion but, Sanders hey. was a great baseball player. Oh, well, you know, that's Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. <laughs> I'm just being competitive. There's yeah. only one Bo, though, right? So, you know, the point is, is it's statistically a low likelihood. So why try, right? Yeah. It's a so, and I actually like that we're heading that direction, Sean. You said something to me before the call started that I wanted to pick on you for. I was asked, you've got 11,000 agency customers, and I asked, what's working for agencies right now? What's your advice for an agency? Yeah, I'm kind of weird this way and probably controversial. It certainly runs aground of a lot of people. But, you know, again, if you're just getting started, people always ask me, what should I do? I always tell them to stay local, stay focused, like walk out your front door, go start with everybody local to you because a lot of agency life is about building trust with customers. And I find that the local agencies I talk to have the lowest churn rates. They may have some scalability issues, quote unquote, but I think we have some good ways to get, help them get around that. But in general, they have the lowest churn rates. And then the other thing is, I find that a lot of people love to specialize because it feels good. Like we focus on Facebook or we focus on PPC or we focus on websites. But you know, I often find that if you look out in life, you know, why is it that Costco crushes the furniture market, right? Or the mattress market. They only carry like three, four, five mattresses. But, you know, I'll tell you, they sell way more mattresses or wine or almost anything else than the stores that represent the specialties. And the reason why is as consumers, it's good enough. We're fine with it. And I think from a dentist or a doctor or a lawn care guy's perspective, they want to just check the marketing agency box or the marketing box. They don't want to get in the weeds and go hire an SEO expert and a PPC expert and a Facebook ads expert. It's just too, too hard. They just want doesn't that kind of fly in the face of the whole, like Michael Jordan was good at basketball, but not baseball? Like, totally can't we... does. Totally does. But you know yeah. what? The reality is, is that agencies see it from their own perspective. They think that they think that they have to be that good at one thing to be successful for the customer. But I think the customer is looking for an ROI positive experience. And I think about it kind of like, you know, think about McDonald's. They can't be the best cheeseburger in the world. And yet people order a lot of cheeseburgers there every single day. And why is it? It's because it's good enough. And, and so as a result as a business, you're looking for an ROI positive experience. Now, it doesn't mean that someday you don't branch out and you don't go bigger and you don't hire somebody who's specialized in that particular niche or whatever it might be or that particular service. But most small businesses just need somebody who can come in and help create an ROI positive experience. I almost think the best marketing agencies are the ones that just realize that they're not perfect at everything. And if they do want a greater depth of, of perfection, they hire somebody who is a specialist, but they insulate the business owner from all of that work and choice and effort because that doesn't really matter to the business. In fact, yeah. I don't even think they're equipped to make that decision, quite frankly. That's an interesting point. We've got a lot of white, some of our best clients are our white label agencies because they help manage expectations, communicate with the customer and, and they're more accountable to the things that I've chosen to abdicate. And I actually disagree with you. I'm a Google ads agency. That's all I do. We're the best Google agency, agency in the world. And we couldn't have been had we not niched down but I do understand what you're saying as far as like, if I'm a small local business, I want to write one check. I want one point of contact. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, and honestly, you probably, A, you probably can't afford me. I hate to say it. That's and B, that, you probably can't afford like, you know, any two practitioners just broke the bank. So I see where you're going with that. For well, sure. and you know, again, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be who you are. It just means that just as you alluded to, your best customers are people who can actually understand your value, mm -hmm. right? And if you tried to go down to the average small business, Remember, they have five minutes every day to think about marketing, right? They need to make a very quick decision. 
and it's just too hard for them. And they're not even any good at this. And that's the whole point. They don't have, they don't have expertise. How do they know that you're the best tree guy in the world? They don't, right? They just need to make, they just need to find a tree guy and get going. And so I think if you love and are passionate about something like Facebook marketing or website design or whatever, then you probably, your best customers are going to be people who sort of insulate you from having to deal with the very smallest of customers because they just can't quite appreciate your skills. I would submit that a hmm. local marketing agency is a niche. I mean, it's counterintuitive, but it's, like, niche, it's a hyper niche because all you're really doing, you're probably, chances are you're probably doing just one thing to really like push those buttons. It's an 80-20 of an 80-20, most likely. Like like in my case, it, we started with BNI, Business Networking International. It's a total local right. group. that, And then we would go, like I got all the people in my group, like customers of mine as much as I possibly could, or I gave them helpful, oh. useful stuff. They're like, this guy's great. And they recommend me to other people. They yeah. might not hire me. So that was my niche before we kind of went into like this whole other thing. I didn't really care where the leads were actually coming from. So we did local citations. We did like a bunch of like black hat stuff. And then we added in Facebook and everything else, but it was local businesses. And that was our niche. That is my favorite niche. It's a great niche. And honest. it's a great place yeah. to start. I guess if we're talking to like new agencies, or maybe if you're a consultant listening to this, you're like, all right, well, I hear Burns saying like niche down to scale up and what's my niche? Well, local is a very easy way of doing it. And actually face-to-face -face selling is something that we've all lost, especially in the last 18 to 20 months. But the point is, is like Business Networking International, for me, local chambers of commerce, were all great. And I, I way undercharged for my prices to start and then gradually raised them and then gradually went outside of the local market to the regional market, national and international. And that's kind of how we did it. But I think it's a tremendous way of doing it. Way yeah. I love that idea. You know, and this isn't just a crazy idea. You know, Gail Goodwin has a wonderful speech. She was a CEO and founder of, of Constant Contact. And, you know, she talks about all the amazing money they spent and things they did to try to get more customers. And you know what they found it worked really well for them at the end? Chamber of Commerce meetings. Yeah. That was one of their best resources. And so, you know, and I know people who pitch specializing in different markets. There are definitely people who do that. They also tend to have to hit like the top 10% of any market. You know, if you want to go after plumbing and HVAC, and you want to do it nationally, that's totally possible, but you're probably going to end up targeting a very big, a very small subset of the market that can pay big money every month and consistently do that and does that already at a distance. Because the other thing is if you're truly dealing with local business, remember they live local, act local, buy local, operate local. So they have a lot of expectation around this idea of local. And in mo many of these businesses, you know, think about a dentist. Patterson Dental drives a truck up to every dentist's office every day and drops off locally supplies. Mm -hmm. They have a local rep sure. for many things. And so there's this already pre-built expectation that they're already operating locally. So for you to swing in on a tree and charge them what is probably a very high amount of money relative to almost anything they already spend on, and you do so at a distance and you never visit them, that really flies in the face of what they're used yeah. to. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's a great way to you know, we just chose to go away from it, but I could see a pathway for very local types of businesses and getting really good results for them. We just sort of matured and, you know, from a, a local perspective, I was just sort of tired of it. So we sort of went more national, but they're like, the money is local. It really is like people always want to, you know, go, I'm going to go here to find my pot of gold. Well, there's pots of gold everywhere. There's a great story of like the farmer who like left his farmhouse when he was like, he was trying to dig for diamonds and then he goes to the desert and cause he hears diamonds are there. And then some guy like buys the old farmhouse and you know, he's walking by the stream one day and sees a glint. And then all of a sudden there's like a whole diamond mine was well, under his the house. Story of the alchemist, right? Like you don't find the treasure until you journey off into the, the, the unknown, but the treasure is always where it was that you came from. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so true. And yeah, my, Father-in-law, who was a local business owner, would always reinforce, like, stay local. The money is in local. And then, of course, I went national and international. Didn't really listen to him, but I did keep. Again, you started, I started local, though. Way, see, for sure. The, see, I think that's the most important thing to remember, mm -hmm. right? Like, it doesn't mean you. And this is the other thing I think people always misconstrue. They think that somehow, like, by making a choice today, they've made a choice Correct. forever, and that's just totally inaccurate. In fact, I think by starting local, you're more likely to raise your level of success. Therefore, you're likely to have funds to propel yourself to the next level mm -hmm. versus trying to jump to the end. This is a problem in life. We all, we all, like I use Michael Jordan as an example. We love to look at examples of people who are absolutely at their height, but we rarely ever rewind back 
for when they were obscure and unknown mm -hmm. and look at how they matured over time. It, it's a journey. It's not a destination. You know what's really interesting about that? And this is something of a departure, but I hope that we can bring it around full circle. I dislike some of the advice that people get from certain entrepreneurial sources. And I'm going to pick on Gary Vee. I really, really, really love Gary Vee. I like what he has to say. But Gary Vee started with a $3 million business. He took a $3 million business, his dad's wine company, and he grew it to a $100 million business. And the problem I have with that is I contend it's harder to grow what Gary Vee's dad did, which mm. is take a $0 business yes. and grow it to a $3 million business. I think it's harder to grow to do than take $3 million and grow to $100 million. And yet Gary Vee gives advice to new stage entrepreneurs thinking that it's the same thing. And I don't think his advice is actually applicable. It's context dependent, just like you said, Sean. I have a bone to pick with him as well. I had forgotten that story. Zero to three million is a tough road. Right? Yeah. Like, Most people crap. don't make it. But once yeah. you're at three, you have scale, you have proof of concept, you have capital. And by the way, you know where your next meal is coming from. Exactly. I mean, dude, I used to troll Costco on the weekends eating their free tryouts. That's how I fed myself. And there's oh there's God. a there's a psychological nice. safety net to knowing like, oh, I'm not gonna go hungry today, you know, and Gary had all of that good stuff. But it drove your yeah, drove it, your hunger to succeed though. Yeah. I do think that. Like when I was dirt poor, penniless, you know, my wife was paying for all the God bless her. You know, she supported me in all those years. Like I was hungry as hell. Like because I just wanted to get out of it. It drove that success on four or five yeah, hours I, of yeah, sleep for I, ten I years. With, with the general principle, mm -hmm. right? Which is you have to look you have to look at examples that are within yep, reach. Sure. And I think that's that's incredibly important. I don't listen to, I haven't I'm not really on the Gary V train myself, I don't listen to him, but I don't have, that's just, I don't listen to anybody because I don't have time. But, but yeah, I would say that if you don't have somebody to give you a couple million dollar business, Head it's going to be tough to get to hundred million. So not to mention, by the way, for the record, you don't actually have to have a hundred million dollar business to be happy. No, um, you know, Sean, that's blasphemy. How dare you? Yeah, I know. But no, there's you data on the only New York Jets. Yeah, yeah. So past $72,000 a year. And I'm sure that number might've changed Adjusted for inflation. Yeah, a little inflation. You got inflation yeah, adjusted. But, but the yeah. $72,000 a year line of demarcation is where people, where you no longer experience more happiness for money. And then there's, the study goes on to say that past a certain number, I forgot what it was, but call like, you know, half a million a year, it actually starts to go down. Be yeah. I mean, I go to Omaha every year to listen to Warren Buffett. And, you know, Warren Buffett will tell you, he knows a lot of billionaires that, that hate their lives. Yeah. Um, they're, who, whose kids hate them who will die alone and unthanked and unloved because they spent their entire long years working their butt off to create yet another hundred million here and a hundred million there. But at some point it doesn't really matter because it buys you nothing more than you are already have everything you want. And another dollar doesn't help you at all. Literally it doesn't do anything for you. you cannot functionally get anything out of the world that you don't already want or have. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that, yeah. And I would say that there's a great book actually I am reading called the psychology of money. And they say the biggest, determinant of happiness tends to be people's ability to choose what they do with their time. They have enough money to create choice in what they spend their time on that drives their ultimate. Hey, it's Kasim here and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant, and he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, if you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is, that's way too long for me to remember, 
I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. Happiness. Couldn't agree more. Uh, my wife tells me that every single day. So getting back to, we're, we've been talking a lot about local businesses, which is great because I mean, I think there's a lot of local businesses that listen to this and agencies that serve local businesses. Perfect, obviously, for high level. We'll give people links in the show notes as well as an opportunity to potentially work with you guys. How about non-local businesses? Like, what are they missing? Where, like, for us, it's, we don't work with any local businesses. We do work with some franchises who are local, which, you know, have their own sort of way in which to much better than the accounting software company that did not have any pathway. They have actually a really good pathway. And it was the first thing we audited when we audited their ad account and their business. What's your follow-up? Otherwise it's a waste of time for us. So non-local businesses, how would you like, where do you guys fit yeah, in? So what's your recommendation? Are we talking about the franchises that you're talking about? Because they still have the same problem as the local. For business. sure. They still better have a, absolutely. They still better have a great nurture process. And in fact, actually, this doesn't really change as local to non-local. It matters. There's a lead. At some point, there's an interest. There's a hand raised, mm -hmm. right? And unless that transaction is truly online, you know, in e-com, ultimately, you're going to need a way to get that person through the process. And you need a, you need a platform that helps you do that end to end. And it has to have all of the various components that you need for that process. But it, it does always come down to nurture. I, I hate to break it to everybody. I know it sounds repetitive, but it's so true. It's the nurture process where... 99% of businesses, in my opinion, national in scale. In fact, some of the largest businesses have some of the worst follow-up because they are just naturally big and bloated and, you know, and answer. There's so much truth to it's that. It's really, yeah. I actually think that digital marketing lends itself to small businesses or smaller. You know, I mean, I'm talking even 10 to 100 million because we're willing to do the things that the great big Fortune 1000 companies can't or won't do. We'll dive into the granularities Absolutely. that they won't dive into. And I like that you keep returning yeah. to fundamentals, man. That's what, you know, people talk about Michael Jordan being the greatest basketball player of all time. It's because he was good at the fundamentals. Well, and it's also good because he had people like Scottie Pippen who were really good at doing things that he wasn't, right? I mean, you don't win the game on slam dunks. They make the highlight reel, but it's the two-pointers that mm. win the games, right? It's the layups. It's all the boring stuff that, you know, doesn't make the highlight reels that fundamentally put those extra points on the board and drive most of the scoring that ultimately win yeah. the game. And that's that's the follow-up sequence. The follow-up sequence are your two-pointers. That's the problem with it. It's not sexy. It doesn't make the YouTube video. You know, it's not going to get, you're not going to sell more courses because of it. But if you really fundamentally want to win, that's what life is. It's about creating boring, recurring, consistent processes that deliver value to a customer that they're willing to pay for. Don't, for, don't but, forget rebounding know, and the big man in the middle, you know? Cartwright and, Absolutely. and Pitt, yeah. Well, yeah, Pitton, but yeah, oh. also had Rodman. Yeah. I just watched the three for thirty on Rodman, by the yeah. way, which was really good. Yeah, exactly. I think we all watched that recent Netflix documentary. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. But absolutely. It's, it's like until they but, had all those pieces. Yes, but they're fundamental pieces. Yeah. With obviously the core in the middle of it all with Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the best businesses are the ones that have the most consistent processes in place. None of which are sexy or exciting. <laughs> but it's but if you're an agency or a business and you want to create, I mean, it doesn't matter. If you're trying to create that value, a lot of it is about putting those fundamentals in place and actually knowing a lot of those gameplays ahead of time, right? So, you know, like one of the things we do in our platform is we have this thing called a snapshot where you can take all the stuff you've already built, all the websites and funnels and sequences and everything else. And you can literally copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste every time you add a new customer. And people love it. And the reason why is simple because the thing that worked for plumber A is most likely going to work for plumber B and plumber C. And, you know, they don't probably spend a lot of time telling them that, but that's just the case, right? And so once you have a best practice, a lot of times it's about just being able to put that in place very quickly. That matters way more than some kind of new bespoke concept that plumber needs. It's just, it's just not the case. You know, the traffic we always say is the sexy part, but it's the conversion. That's actually the non-sexy part that really drives the mm -hmm. business forward. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, I mean, we have a, we have this show, it's called Perpetual Traffic. We know it's the sexy name, but it's like all the traffic in the world isn't going to help out unless you actually do a follow-up sequence, which is the conversion element. 
And I think just at a very base level, if you keep that in mind, it's not about the leads that come in the door. It's how are you going to follow up with them? And I think we've given some really like very tactically proficient answers to some people that, all right, they might be potential customers of your agency customer for high level. But the point is like the follow-up, at least a text message, you know, Gosh, you know, ret text message returning calls. Text you don't even have to return the damn call. Just text message back. Text messaging is taken over and messaging in general is a big shift. I mean, you know, maybe this is a good time to talk about Google business messaging. If you want to talk about tactical things to look at, Google business messaging, I think is going to be the biggest change in local, um, especially on Google that you'll change that you'll see probably in the last 10 years as it rolls out. And this is a very simple concept. Google is no longer interested in the status quo, which is I come to Google, I search, I sort of reference some things, I read the reviews, but then I leave. I fundamentally then call or I go to the website. Google is no longer interested in that. They want you to come, search, and stay. Google business messaging is the ability to chat directly through Google through an in-browser chat experience with that business that you've now just researched on Google My Business. Mm. It is only live today. We have, we're on the beta with them, so all of the messages for all of our locations come into our platform, but it's only live today if you specifically turn it on and then search the business name. But later this year, it will go for all of the discovery searches, which is really where the money is, right? This is where I search plumber near mm. me, and all of a sudden that chat button pops up. I think it's gonna be huge for every local business. And the people who get onto it first, I think will benefit the most. So I definitely think it's something that every small business and agency should know about because I think it's going to be a big part of the play going. So forward. just to be clear, that is coming. I've done a couple of Google well, searches. You can turn it on right now. Okay. You can turn it you on can... right now. And when you do, right. if someone searches your business name, it will show up. But what do we know about that? We know that the vast majority of people who already know your name, they're not, they're already probably customers right. or, you know, maybe they got a recommendation, whatever. But point is, is that they're, they're not the discovery searches. They're not the, you know, places where you're going to show up next to your competitors. That, that piece is going to go live later this year. Uh, I see some of them actually. I hadn't even noticed that yep. before. Yep. It's uh, coming. With a Google guaranteed like sticker on it, it looks like. Google guaranteed is not required. Okay. You don't have to be Google guaranteed. So the Google is a beast of an organization, as we're all aware. So there's a lot of competing parties here. But this is the idea that inside Google My Business, and I think, by the way, they're going to move this eventually to other places like the LSA local service ads and things. But you do not have to be Google guaranteed to use it. It's just the idea that. You could turn on chat as a channel and it doesn't require that you use your local, like the consumer doesn't have to use their phone number. It pops back up hours later if you message them back, things like that. But I do think it is a big part of Google's strategy going forward to try to capture more directly the conversation between the business and the consumer, ultimately to monetize it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really matter because the point here to, to realize is that Google already owns this traffic. It's just about them shifting a little left or a little right to the way they're letting you talk to the business. Got it. By the way, plumbers near me in the three pack, actually the guy, the plumber that we use that never calls me back is in the top three. So I'm going to have to leave him a bad review. Well, and well, here's the thing. This is where, this is where chat also becomes really important for Google because what we know is they're also now able to metric what's going on. And so they're going to start to prioritize people based on, do you respond? How quickly do you respond? How long are your conversations? What happens in the conversation? Because they're also going to introduce payments, calendar booking, all that stuff in that same stream. And so they're gonna be able to start actually enriching their own data set with the behavior. And they're gonna use that eventually in the ranking algorithm. Okay. So if you turn it on, you better be ready, it sounds like. Otherwise- yes. And in fact, yes, in fact, what they've told us very specifically is they're not doing this yet, but eventually you turn that on and you start doing a crappy job, they're gonna turn it off mm. and they're gonna disallow your use of it. They already, send, they already send post conversation surveys so they can already start collecting that data, but they already know like what's your response rate, how long is the conversation, all this stuff. So yeah, it's coming. It's taken them a long time because they're Google, but when it comes, it'll be pretty insane. Maybe we can leave some uh, some links in the show notes, Kasim, on that. Just yeah. So if there are businesses out there that want to activate this and are ready and do have a follow-up sequence at the very least and return phone calls like Tree Guys of Maine, yeah, this is something that you might want to look into here. In addition to just yeah, very, very easy, actionable yeah. thing. Can't see how it hurts any business. And, and again, you know, it's like a lot of things with Google, right? Love it or hate it, still coming. But it sounds like too. you've got one chance to do it. If you screw it up the first time and you're not ready for it, then I mean, they're not in the punitive stages okay. yet, but they'll get there. I think it's a great time to actually experiment with it. But again, 
I think from a consumer perspective, it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, you're, you search plumber near me or tree guy in Maine, and you're trying to get a tree guy, you're busy in your day. If you see that chat button pop up, I guarantee you, you're going to start smashing it. You're like, thank God, I can just send a quick message to this person, get my thing out, and then move on with my day, and they'll get back to me. And later. you could route that to a person that you just have, like, you know, a, mom, a stay-at-home mom that you want to pay by the hour just to monitor your chats, yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. Or, you know, through high-level high automated follow-up sequence. Jesus, automatically book there's a lot of high-level pitches in here. People are going to get ticked. Know, sorry about that. No, I'm just Sean's doing his job. He's doing it well. <laughs> Ralph, it's our Ralph, job to give you a lot of crap. Yeah. yeah. We give everybody a lot of crap yeah, here because you know, it's Cossum. Cossum's an evil person. I just, I, yeah, you know, uh, very nefarious. Yeah, he is it's very nefarious. <laughs> so where can they find you as if they don't know already with all the, the high-level drops? Yeah. Yeah, no. Go Well, unfortunately, the only thing they probably might try to go to highlevel.com, but don't do that because I don't know who owns it, but we don't own it. But no, it's, it's that, just go high-level. Go highlevel.com. Yeah, high yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Or check us, you know, if you want to see a lot more than our homepage, definitely go to YouTube. It's probably the best resource and just search high level one word. We've got a lot of great content there as well. So you can kind of get a behind the scenes look, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just really passionate about this because I've always been a huge fan of, of small businesses. I've been in it my whole life. And I just feel like we're right there on the cusp of helping these people really grow and scale their businesses. But without agencies being there to help, it's, it's just a, it's a tough hill to climb. Yeah. They don't have a lot of time to implement all of these things we talked about today. They probably sound great, but how much extra time do they have just sitting on the side to, again, back to the Gary Vee conversation, you know, do they have this perfect staff and all these people and sales guys and everything else that they can spend a lot of time researching and implementing and learning? Probably not, right? That's where I think the agency fills yeah, the gap. Yeah, for sure. So if I'm a local business listening to this show here saying, all right, I don't have an agency, are there places where they can find high-level agencies that might be able to help them out? I mean, I, I, you know, to be really fair to everybody, like, first of all, if I was a local business, I'd probably try to find a local agency. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my biggest my biggest thing for small businesses trying to find an agency, please just do the most obvious of things. First of all, go on Google, search down agencies, find people in your niche, however you want to do it. Call several of them, ask them for references, and for gosh sakes, call the references. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many people go to some website that has stars on it and decide, okay, well, I'm going to hire that person without bothering to do anything else other than look at the stars, like call the references. Like if you find a couple other business owners who say, yeah, I've used them for four years and they're fantastic. It's a pretty decent likelihood that they might do a good job. But if not, I've heard so many horror stories of people like, oh, I hired this person because they had this great video on YouTube and they suck. Well, it's like, well, what? I'm like, did you call the references? They're like, oh no, I forgot. You mean to I'm tell like, well, me there are agencies out there that suck? No. Well, yes. No. There, there, there are people who perhaps over promise and under deliver. Let's that was our last no. episode. We just recorded no, an episode on how to up. choose an agency. Yes, there are lots of agencies that suck. Yeah, read the, you know, listen to the last agency or last episode. But I, you know, I don't have any special secret powers. Even people ask me all the time, well, you, you know, 11,000 agencies, can you give me a recommendation for one that does X? I'm like, we got a lot of them that do X and I'm not going to tell you one or the other because I don't, that's not how you should do it. You should call them, speak to three of them, get their references, call their references. Call the small business owners that are like you. That's going to tell you everything you need mm. to know. I would see a directory potentially in your future, but that's just me thinking like an entrepreneur. Forget that. You just focus yeah, on the guys well, that make know, you the money and yeah, like you well, can impact. Yeah, we don't want to pit agencies against each other. We want to support all agencies. And we, we don't. Think we want to pit them against each other, here. actually. here, We're, we're all about <laughs> hierarchical structure here, Sean. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> may, may the best agency two, two only, only one can, can leave. leave. That's only right. one can leave. That's right. <laughs> there can be only one. Well, Sean, this That's has been right. great. Really appreciate you coming on. Perpetual That's traffic. Awesome. Perpetual traffic and conversion. You were really more about the conversion side, so it wasn't really on the traffic side quite as much, but it's the important side. And seriously, like we have been giving you a hard time here, but I mean, I think at the, at the bottom line, listening to this, if you are an agency or a business owner, or you have local businesses, maybe you're the CMO or the director of marketing, whatever it happens to be, follow up. Like forget the traffic, make sure that your follow up is right. Like even if you get three leads a day instead of 300 leads a day or 3000 leads that you might get from a Facebook ads agency, it's important, <clears throat> I'm not mentioning any names, rbq.com. The point is you've got to have a follow-up sequence. And if that means, you know, hiring an agency that Sean is servicing, so be it, but it's going to be able to allow you, especially you ambitious business owners who actually want to grow and scale, 
Yeah. yeah. Not, just keep not up the guy the in a truck who just status quo. That's fine. But the point is, is like, this is everything. And it's not the sexy part. It's actually a little bit harder work, but it's not that much work, as I think we've explained here. It's the money-making part. That's the only fun part about it. Just so you know, this is the part where, where like, cash changes hands. Yes. That green stuff comes That's, in. that's the important that part. green stuff. Yeah. 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 You, you can't buy anything with leads or likes or It's not a vanity registration. metric. Yep. This is the real metric, the greenback metric. So I want to thank everybody here for listening this week. Just to remind you to uh, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. I didn't realize we were over on Spotify, Kasim. That's actually pretty cool. So my, nice. my kids are now subscribed to us. But yeah, if you can believe that. Not that they, they listen. No, no, they don't. They don't even listen to me when they're. They hit the button on accident. Yeah, I think that was it. It's like, Dad, you're on Spotify, right next to Snoop Dogg. That's where that's where Kasim's going to be next week, right next to Snoop Dogg introducing. Yeah, that's where I'm going to be next. Yeah, week. I can't wait to. Snoop Dogg. Well, we're pretty excited about that. So, if you're listening here, head on over to trafficandconversionsummit.com and get the recordings. If you hear this before the 13th of September, then you should get your butt over to San Diego and get a ticket and listen to what we have to say there. Sean speaking on day one, which is going to be great, but get the recordings over at digitalmarketer.com. You can probably find them there, but more importantly, trafficandconversionsummit.com. And like I said, subscribe and leave a rating, an honest or dishonest rating, as long as, long as, as it's, it's positive. Five stars. <laughs> yeah. Five stars. Right. All all <laughs> on itunes and uh you can follow us on youtube over at digital marketer and look, go back and listen to all the awesome episodes here at perpetual traffic so for all the resources and everything that we mentioned here as well as a way to get in touch with sean and his company high level head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast this has been episode 325 for my awesome co-host Kasim aslam until next week everybody see ya You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.